decided to have some fun with three young Italian boys in the men's room. Welcome to the final Man from Uncle, Phil oh. James Bond. I know. Tragic. I am Alice Goldor Kelly. I am joined, as always, by my friends Abigail Thorne and Devin. Hey. How's it going? How you doing? Good, thanks. Sad times. Sad times. Requiem for an it's, uncle. It's, I know. I know. It's the last one, and that's really sad. We're coming to the end of an era, and, you know, it, it's just for us to say, Our uncle's gonna go sleepy by forever. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> It's sad. Yeah, it's hey. we're, we're out of the sixties. We're even out of the eighties. We're into twenty fifteen. Twenty fifteen. Those Remember halcyon that? days. Remember before the fall. Remember twenty fifteen. Yeah, we didn't Remember know that. how good we had it. And this this movie before, is weirdly like before sure. the fall. Yeah, before yeah, 9-11. Yeah, yeah. Like the bad guys are Nazis, and that's just like yeah. that's just like they, they're bad. Like it's not like a, even mm-hmm. like a political thing. It's like they're just like oh yeah, the Nazis obviously they're evil. We can kill it's, them and it's, it's fine. From, Whereas it's now that would be like time, oh, it's yeah. political. Like yeah. what if the, I mean, what yeah. if those Nazis are defending women? You know, you never know. <laughs> <laughs> Why do they smell of soup? <laughs> I remember this movie when it came out, and I remember seeing it and enjoying it, and thinking this is a solid action movie. Give me ten more of these. Yeah, it was it right. was good. I actually agree with that statement now. I I just watched it and I was like, yeah, this was fine. I do. <laughs> I, I still do. I talked myself back into it, but like, uh, like I was like, no, give me give me ten more of these. Give me a franchise of these. Uh, I would quite happily consume that. But what happened was, this was a massive box office bomb. It really? lost like a hundred million dollars. Really? Wow. And then how? It became, I, I, people didn't like it. People didn't go and see it. People didn't pay money for it. And then cancellation happened to it because <laughs> this movie has an interesting cast, right? Uh, it's got Henry Cavill. It's got Alicia Vikander. It's got Hugh Grant. Oh, yeah, it does. And it's got Army Hammer. Now, somebody, somebody tweeted not- some shit at the British Medical Journal and the film lost a hundred million dollars. <laughs> it's fine. I would worry. If, if, if you're not familiar with Army Hammer, Army Hammer was cancelled for, um, I guess what we can describe as BDSM-flavoured sexual misconduct, allegedly. Mm. And he was cancelled so comprehensively that it was one of the cancellations that actually stuck, at least until now. Like, he's right now, Army Hammer is selling timeshares in uh, Bermuda, I think. He's working as a tour guide part-time. Yeah. Like, that really did, at least at time of recording, end his career. I think he sent a bunch of, of like very inappropriate messages. There were, I think, allegations of sexual assault and rape. Yeah, he was, he and was sort never of like charged. Emotional abuse in a sort of more complicated BDSM sort of framework too. But yeah, so that's a problem. Given that they cast him as one of the two leads in this movie, but we don't we don't know that yet. It's 2015. It's before the fall. We don't know that men can like you know abuse anyone, yeah, right? Yeah, when was uh, me too? We think that Nazis are bad. Um that's I should have looked that up before we started recording this. Good question. I think that was like Let me pull that up. contemporaneous or after? Yeah, it's contemporaneous, right? Because yeah, like there it's been a couple 2017. Of... Okay. Is when it started. So wow, yeah, this okay. is this are... is 2 years prior to So so this movie finding out this that came men out can and we were like <laughs> What, all men, all men are like sort of like earnest and upright. 
Nazis are bad. Um, yeah, uncontroversial you know, we, point in 2015. Yeah, we probably it's didn't nice, even know that like climate change was happening. I don't remember what I was doing in 2015. Um, watching this movie, maybe. Um, I was definitely a twink in 2015. I definitely I was not as hot. I, I was a twink too. Yeah, oh, I, mean, I had a I goatee in 2015. Like, <laughs> it was a weird time. I ge mm. genuinely like every time I shave my face, I consider doing a goatee for just a second to like send the photo to you. Or <laughs> 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 I can't do. <laughs> <laughs> Thought I buried you, motherfucker. <laughs> but so. This movie, I mean, first of all, mm -hmm. this is a Guy Ritchie movie as well. And Guy Ritchie yeah, in 2015, he was coming off of a, a long fallow period of making dreadful movies. Um, Lucky Number Slevin, Rock oh, and Roller. I, I remember all of these films. Uh, and, and this was his sort of like step back towards uh, sort of like respectability. I think it works. I mean, I, th I think there's parts where then I was like, oh, okay. And there's parts where then I'm like, oh. All right, cool. I get what you're doing here. Like, it's definitely, if you like Guy Ritchie's style, it's definitely like distinctive. Yeah, that's that's sort mm -hmm. of my problem with it. But we'll we'll, we'll get there. First of all, we begin uh, after actually very nice opening titles. Not enough like '60s retro stuff like this, in my opinion. I like this um, stuff. Yeah, yeah. We we begin sort of at at the border between East and West Berlin, where Henry Cavill enters the frame, and Henry Cavill. Here's a problem, right? Um, Henry Cavill enters he the frame got, and occupies all of it. Yeah, yeah, he yeah, got yeah. distractingly huge mm -hmm. for this. Well, I think he already was because he was already Superman. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you maybe he was like coming down off of Superman back to like normal man, but like if you've seen him in The Witcher, right? That he's smaller in The Witcher than he is in this by a lot. Like you would have to like add out the shoulders. He's like a third again more Henry Cavill. Than you would get because you know the economy or whatever you know everything's contracting, including at Henry Cavill's. Yeah, hearing that. Remember when the Henry head. Cavill was ten feet? <laughs> Henry Cavill is expanded yeah, by one 11 massive Cavill year. that would like feed a family for uh, for you know four seasons. But also, the fact that he's in suits for pretty much this entire movie, and the suits have like big shoulder pads and like narrow waists. He he is shaped like the security Dorito. He is shaped like a Trivial Pursuit wedge. He's a very triangular-looking man. This um, is this is the movie that I would um, send to everyone who wants him to be the next Bond. Is just like watch this. This is him giving Bond a solid go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This yes, is his Bond audition. Yes. I'm like, he does a decent job. He does pretty well. He does pretty well. He does. He does pretty well. But he's he goes, too famous. He, he doesn't need to be Bond now. Yeah, that's true. He he's not set up to do like ten years of the kind of abuse no. playing Bond is. Um, you have to pick a, you know. a relatively unknown young actor and uh, ruin their and life for a decade. Them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I'm just imagining though on set for this movie because this was back when like Henry Cavill they were still trying to pass him off as a jock, right? When, you know we know better now. <laughs> we know. Yeah. On on the set of this movie, you just imagine, or at least I do, Henry Cavill trying to get Army Hammer into Warhammer. And he's just fucking DMing girls his cannibal fantasies, you know, kind of like half listening, just like, oh, yeah, Space Marines. Cool. <laughs> Henry Cavill, like, kinda, like earnestly, like, like taking a mod, a supermodel back to his trailer and then just like earnestly explaining Warhammer to her for two hours. And she's like, what is this? Yeah, I like to do the weathering like this. Yeah. It's like, she's like, put I the ears love on. That chat. 
Mm. Oh yeah. So, so he enters into <laughs> East Berlin. It's funny to me to imagine like Army Hammer just like in his dressing room. He's looking at his phone. He's got WhatsApp open. He's got like ten unread messages from Henry Cavill that are all paragraphs of law about Warhammer. And then he's got like ten chats with women open where he's like, "Yo, I want to eat you." <laughs> <laughs> Portrait of a man. Rapidly, rapidly, like, closing one tab that's, like, about how after, like, in sort of serious injury, but before death, the Space Marine is welded into a dreadnought (laughs) to serve their chapter to to go back to his, like, consensual non-consent chat. He's trying to to harass women, and he just keeps getting messages from Henry Calvin that's like, yo, I saw that you were online, so here's the thing. I forgot to set my steam to invisible when I started playing shit, and now Henry Cavill is messaging me to ask if I want to play. It's his special interest, like... (laughs) Like, Henry Cavill legitimately just seems like a lovely man. I'm so glad he's getting to make a Warhammer movie now. Like, hell yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, But so they they cast him as Napoleon Solo. They crammed him into this suit. He is going to East Berlin. He goes to East (laughs) Berlin to meet a mechanic. And he speaks German. His German Mm. accent, I know I'm one to talk, it's atrocious. But then the woman under the car goes, Oh, your German accent's excellent. Pops out of the car. It's Alicia Vikander, who is in this movie. And. Let me tell you something about this movie. Mm-hmm. Everybody involved in the making of this movie wanted to fuck Alicia Vikander so bad it made them look stupid. It's legitimately too much. Uh, <laughs> like she's she's a beautiful woman, right? I, I said that sort of in a Trump case. She's a beautiful woman. You're one folks. of the most beautiful, beautiful of all time, folks. It's hot. We're not we're not disputing that, right? Mm-hmm. But the, it, it it can begin to feel a little exploitative in this movie. Um, yeah, so, I mean. It- it's, they're never just like, mm. she's in lingerie in this scene. Like, it's never, it's never like that explicit. They definitely treat other women worse, I think. Mm. But um, yes. it, it's kind of, it gives, it gives the vibes though. of just like, they're like constantly asking, I do, I'm making this up, by the way, I'm not sure whether this is true. But it gives the vibe mm. of, we're on the phone to her agent asking like, how much nudity can we do? <laughs> like, we're like yeah, going yeah. up to the line. Like, <laughs> this is, and this is 2015, it was before intimacy coordinators were a thing yeah, too. Yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. God, yeah, you're right. But like this is this is Gabby Teller. She works as a mechanic, and Solo is going to try and get her out of East we Berlin. Get, yeah, we get a classic uh, man from Uncle Plot because because Napoleon Solo's yeah, like, yeah. hey, your father uh, is a nuclear scientist who worked for the Nazis, but crucially was not one himself. Um, yeah, it's interesting. He's gone they, missing. They sort of we need to find him, and it's like, yeah. oh, great, they, like. They sort of acknowledge Operation Paperclip four minutes into this movie. It's just like, oh yeah, well, all of NASA was like former Nazis, but then kind of hedge it a bit and go, ah, oh, but he wasn't like yeah. really. A She's the sexy like ten under ten smoke show baddie daughter that an original Zaya. band would have introduced yeah. at like the twenty minute mark. This also, is this is right to me. Like that, it's accurate. He hmm. beelined directly for the smoke show daughter. That was like a reverse cinema sins ding for me. I'm like, yes, that's, that's uncle. True. Uncle moment, and also like we we don't know where he is, but but your uncle might know, so we need to find him in Italy. And I'm like, great, great, yeah, good. <laughs> and wh- when Solo starts speaking English, we see that Henry Cavill has spent a lot of time perfecting his Robert Vaughn. Yeah, and it's it's really. So, I have a drop here to give you a sample. Well, I can get you over the wall. 
Do you consider that important, Fräulein Schmidt? The vowel sounds in wall and that are pure Vaughn, and they're like really <laughs> well done. I really it's like his performance in this. He's like, I know it's it's it, sexy voice. I mean, yeah, yeah, he I'm, really I'm, has like gotten like what if Robert Vaughn was huge? Yeah, <laughs> what if that? Fuck. Yeah, like, so he, he, finally, he kind after of like, 40 years of the man from Uncle Liv actually cast a sexy, charismatic man as Thrawn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it took, it took them a while, but they got there in the end. The, the, Henry Cavill could have pulled off the shot in the first man from Uncle film where they introduced Napoleon Solo and he's just standing normal. <laughs> God, Henry I think Cavill about that shot so much. Yeah. Dude. Like, yeah, Henry Cavill would have to be standing like that because of his muscles getting in the way of his other muscles <laughs> yeah. and like crowding. I'm just, I'm now imagining Henry Cavill as like other Robert Vaughn roles. Like I'm imagining him like <laughs> m- walking into the Magnificent Seven sideways to make it through the doors. I'm imagining him playing that surgeon who who like botches a trans woman's FFS and then gets murdered by him. Oh yeah. <laughs> Let's remake that. <laughs> so Gabby, Gabby, this mechanic, Alicia Vikander, Gabby doesn't want to go with him uh, but he sort of forces her hand because he notices that they're being followed by the KGB and she better fucking defect with him otherwise hanging from a pipe having her toenails removed which brings us once again full circle uh, come over here Mr. Solo you're about to be chained to a pipe which I, you know I'm, I don't count it's it like as a poetry. formal callback a rhyme. It, yeah rhymes it rhymes it's all being chained to pipe which is, I guess, also what Army Hammer was trying to like DM women in between getting invites to like D and D games and shit. Um. <laughs> Trousers are time, man. If only he'd picked that that route instead of the. Mm. <laughs> yeah. So we see that he's being followed by Army Hammer. We don't yet know this is Ilya Kuryakin, but it is. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, we get Wearing this ridiculous. Hat. We get this very tense scene where uh, Gabby Schmidt is driving in the car, and Robert Vaughn. Robert Vaughn, because I just referred to the character. Henry Cavill is basically is lying yeah, down in the Robert back Vaughan. seat, hidden with a gun, and it's it's very very tense. And like you know, Elia pulls up alongside them, and we get this like tense moment, and then there's like a build up, and then Henry Cavill like shoots him, but Elia like dodges it, and yeah, it's very kind of. Yeah. It's very well done. We learn that like Elia is is like fast mm-hmm. and physical. And also, very determined. the thing about the pipes, like it's a stupid little thing, but it did make me realize something, which is having just watched a bunch of the old man from Uncle, we are coming to this from a perspective closer to the actors than most of the audience. Like, if you went to go and see this in 2015, you didn't watch all the made-for-TV man from Uncle movies, but I bet you Henry Cavill did. Like, he had to get the Robert Vaughn voice from somewhere. So... It's it's interesting having that sort of like different perspective to we to the one that we usually have. But so we get a chase scene. Um, Ilya like drives a Trabant faster than I think is possible, um, which is very fun. Solo like is shown to just to try and kill him like by shooting him in the back, uh, and we get a long sort of close up on Solo's eyes as if to emphasize, "Yo, this guy's a fucking killer," which is cool. We also, we see throughout this that, like, Elia is extremely determined. Like, he gets beaten and, like, thrown off the scent many, many times. And he, like, he comes back and Solo's just like, Jesus, this guy, like, doesn't quit. There's even, um, there's a really nice moment. It's, like, good way of using action to establish character where uh, Schmidt and Solo are driving away. And Elia, like, runs after them, like, fucking Terminator 2 and, like, hangs yeah. on to the back <laughs> of the car, which is, like, futile. He's not going to stop the car. And, and like... 
like Henry Cavill's just looking at him and Schmidt goes like, why don't you shoot him? And Henry Cavill's like, it doesn't seem like it would be the right thing to do. And like, Ely like <laughs> rips the boot off the back of the it's car. So like, <laughs> such a nice moment. It's just like, huh. Most of what's selling that for me is uh, less sort of Army Hammer's physicality, although he does have a lot of that. He's also a big dude in this movie. It's a big dude movie. He is. He's it's, a bigger dude than Henry Cavill. You get a couple of yeah. shots of them next to each other, and it's like, Henry's a big boy. Army, yeah. he's a big boy. This, this is Army Huge Hammer's man. audition for Bond as well. He's, like, yeah. he's doing Daniel but, but, Craig Bond in this. It's... But it's it's Henry Cavill's sort of like wry, amused, like Robert Vaughn smug tone that really carries it, where he like looks back out of the window, sees him rip the like um the trunk off the car and goes like, oh, he's he's trying to stop the car. Which is like, I could listen to this all day. You know, this is great stuff. Um ultimately, after this chase scene, um, Gabby, Napoleon make their escape, leave uh Ilya humiliated. We also see, by the way, that he gets briefed by his KGB handler about Napoleon Solo, which is how we find out about Napoleon. Yeah, we have a bit of a different backstory to Napoleon the Normal, um, yeah. which is that he was um, a very famous art thief who then ended up getting caught and recruited by the CIA. Yes. Uh, they actually give him very, very close to uh, Robert Maxwell's youth, being in the US Army and like occupied Berlin and sort of like double dealing and stuff. Um, <laughs> Every every time I'm recording one of these episodes with you, I zone out very slightly and I always come back to Alice being like, Robert Maxwell or some shit like this. I'm like, huh? Wait. What? Oh, I, I have I have a real Alice moment for you later on in this oh, one. Christ this, on the this one it it took me out of the the movie entirely and I just I, I wrote down like a long note about it. Um but so Solo Solo takes Gabby back to West Berlin. And we meet with his boss. At yeah, the CIA. yeah, yeah, yeah. Certified guy I love to see, Yay! Jared Harris. Jared Harris. Fucking Jared bomb. Harris. Uh, you may remember uh, Lane Price from Mad Men, Valerie Legasov in, in Chernobyl. Oh, what a fucking I love this guy. I love to see him. One thing I don't love to see is when they make him do an American accent. Oh, I loved his accent in this because it's so, it's kind of a little bit cartoony. And I kind of like that. Yeah. He's like, it's, <laughs> it's wrong in the right way to me. Yeah, like, exactly. It's not an American exactly. accent, but it's like fun, you know? Yeah. He, t- he takes him to a public toilet where he immediately makes a sort of double entendre about drinking piss. Nice. Um, yeah. Where he, he like unzips and goes, What I'm about to feed you, Solo, might taste a little bitter. Nevertheless, you're going to have to swallow it. It's a lot of. It, it's a very, very sort of like <laughs> double entendre movie. It's an immature script in a lot of ways, I find. It's kind of fun. Um, yeah. I like it. Eh, That's kind of about as immature it, as it gets. I know, but like I don't know. I'm not. I'm not saying it has to be sort of like zero dark thirty or anything. But like, I have a large number of bizarrely horny drops from this movie. Decided to have some fun with three young Italian boys in the men's room. You know. Um, but so the surprise is not that he has to drink Jared Harris's piss. The surprise is that Ilya is there. And you're going to be partners, you have to work together. Yeah, they have this fight in the men's room, and then Elia's boss comes in, the kind of M equivalent, uh, who, for Gogol, I guess, comes in, and it's just like, don't kill your partner on the first day. And it's like, what? We're working together? Whoa. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I like that they just get that out of the way right at the very start. They're just like, all right. Yeah, I I, Mm. I just appreciate this. It's an efficient script. So so Mm. they have have a briefing uh, outside in a cafe. No projectors. A crowded cafe in the park. Uh, no, instead oh, they shame. just hand them pictures, Ugh. and the first thing they do is they go, and this is really an uncle thing. Here is a, a Polaroid picture 
of a 10 out of 10 smoke show baddie. Yes. Um, <laughs> this is the other actress appearing in this movie. And guess what? Lethal combination of beauty, brains, and ambition. Yes. Just like this podcast. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. Uh, yeah, so this is the villain of the film. Uh, her name is Victoria. Uh, she is a lethal mm-hmm. combination of beauty, brains, and ambition. Um, my notes say lol. Um, so, uh... <laughs> if I speak, she's, she's, she's also she's also a Nazi and blonde. Yeah, thing. no, yes, and this is, yes. I, I, I'm holding the spray bottle. I brought this from home. <laughs> and I still have this it's from the last live shows. Yeah, uh, yeah, I've been keeping this thing like taped to the underside of my desk like a sink <laughs> gun, um, just in case. And I, I she's, she's also not moment. American. She is she is British. Although I I, I have been also known to simp for British blondes named Victoria. Um, mm-hmm. But sure. um, so there are f- fascists. This is Nazis. This is, yeah, this is Victoria Vinciguerra, Vinciguerra, um, who is the daughter of an Italian fascist uh, who is working with uh, like Gabby the mechanic's uncle, who is also a Nazi. Uh, and her father, who was not a Nazi but has been coerced, in order to obtain a nuclear weapon for the secret Fourth Reich. Yeah, because right? uh, her <laughs> father, right. uh, Gabby's father, has found a new way to enrich uranium like really easily, um, and they they it's he's storing that method on a computer disk. So uh, find him and the computer disk, or uh, the Vinciguerras and whoever they work for are going to have a nuclear power, basically. Mm-hmm. And also, uh, and, because and this they, is such a threat to the world, you know, we have to work with the KGB to do this. Hence, you two are together. And then they go, okay. They they put them into the big sort of like get along shirt, and then go, great, have fun. And then in a visual gag, I really I love like this joke. everybody else in the restaurant like gets up with them and like splits in half, and you like figure out that like ah, <laughs> oh, everyone else there is like working for them. That's yeah, a really, really good really joke. Like That's really nice. Um, there's, there's also it's a good gag. The moment. The moment Army Hammer starts speaking, I wrote, "Oh no," um, because that's not a fantastic is, is, Russian, is Russian guy of it. Um, I, I, I guess. I mean, I, thing... I mean, what was David McCallum's accent? That's fine. Well, he didn't do good, one, but that no, was the thing. Like, I, milder, it was a character I choice I appreciated that, like, David McCallum didn't really try and do a Russian accent. Like, he he inflected things a bit, but like, mostly it was just his regular voice and like. Army Hammer instead talks like this. He talks like Milo Edwards' impression of a Russian man. Well, Milo Edwards has lived in Russia, and therefore presumably his impression is like reasonably accurate. And is also, you know, a professional comedian who does impressions. Sure, I'm not disputing that it's like a, a, probably a fine accent, right? But it takes you out of the movie a bit. Yeah, and it feels a bit sort of like it's one of those ones where it's like, well, like, it's it's like Downton Abbey, right? The, the accents they use in Downton Abbey aren't accurate to the period because if you actually yes. did an accurate one, it would seem weird. Um, so this might was, be very accurate, sort of but it, like, it's still nevertheless yeah. a bit like, oh. It's it's not screen accurate. It's my contention is, obviously, Cavill has prepared for this role, and he's doing an impression of um, Vaughn. Robert Vaughn. That's the, that's the spice. Um, mm-hmm. Army, he's not doing an impression of Ilya Kiriakian. He's not doing, like, McCallum. He's sort of... He's he's doing Russian Gaevich. Well, because as we learn, there's a very different take on Elia for this film. Because we we mm. surmi- they have this banter and they've like they've each read each other's files. So it's just like I've read your file. You're like this, this, and this. And Solo kind of runs circles around Elia here because Elia gives him some some like yeah. very mild banter, and Solo reveals his backstory, which I I quite so, like. Solo Solo goes yeah. s- step one. Uh, your mom's a hoe. 
Right. <laughs> yeah, just like out <laughs> like, the gate. Like, Rude. fully just like, oh, oh, you know, a bunch of Politburo guys were fucking on your mum. Second of all, your dad was uh, like a big Stalin hardliner and got gulagged by Khrushchev, which is uh, sort of politically intriguing. And therefore, because of the shame of this, that presumably drove you to like join the KGB and be the best killer they've got and be super determined. But he also says, and suffers from psychotic episodes. Now, one thing that a psychotic episode is in the movies is it makes you really angry. Yeah. You know, yes, uh, like you know what else problems. there's in this movie? Nothing else. That's it's it. It's just. It, it, you get mad. You get angry sometimes. A psychotic episode is when someone provokes you and you're upset by it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it, it's gratuitously wrong and insulting. What is it um, in uh, having never known anyone who's, to my knowledge, had a psychotic episode? What is the accurate version of this? It is sort of like you experience uh, sort of like very florid and immediate delusions. Um, you, you're like, oh, you know, the... the Walls of this bus are covered in like blood, uh, which is also electrified kind of thing. It's it, it's like not a pleasant experience as I understand it. It's an intense one. It's also it's also like not like something irretrievable or something that like makes you like worth less as a person. Some of my best friends have like experienced this. It's like. I don't know, it's all part of the broad spectrum of human mental health, right? It's it's like an unpleasant thing, but one that's like, you know, yeah, like manageable. It's, it's, it's right more conditions. hallucinatory than like emotional. Um, yeah, you like just kind of like take leave of like consensus reality for a bit. Yeah. Um, and it's like, certainly it's not always like a violent thing. It's not even always a, like an, like an anger inducing thing. It can be like frightening, certainly. Um, but like, yeah, in, in this case, what it means is he starts hearing ominous Russian music when he thinks about his parents, and then that makes him get mad, and he goes kind of like Kyle mode, and he like breaks drywall yeah, and stuff. Yeah, yeah, he, he has like rage problems with this. This is like a very different take on it, but I kind, of, I kind of like it, because I suppose for introducing our two characters as an origin story, we need them to conflict. They can't both be kind of like suave people. So we've sure. got Napoleon Solo, who's like very suave and controlled, and then it kind of makes sense that like Elia is absolutely out of control, furious, not at all kind of like polished or anything. Um, so yeah, I'm not like wedded to like choice. McCallum. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not wedded to like McCallum's depiction of Avila Kuryakin as a character at all. I think this is fine, aside from you know the, the mental health part, which isn't. Yeah, uh, but like, yeah, an angry Elia, fine, cool, let's do it. And we also um, continue this into so, the next scene where so Solo and, and Schmidt are talking about what her cover is going to be when they go to Rome. She's buying dresses to fit into the cover and Elia comes in yeah, and he's not at all smooth here. with her. He's very just kind of, kind no, of sexist. He's like, oh, we are, we are going to be married now. Mm -hmm. But there is one little detail here, which is Alicia Vikander, when she's trying on these dresses, she's like sort of like forcing herself into these heels and stuff. Uh, this movie has a huge foot fetish, by the way. It's like Tarantino-esque. But she's like like struggling to walk in these things. The problem with this is that Alicia Vikander looks too much like Alicia Vikander to sell me on I don't know how to dress femme, right? Like it just doesn't work. Yeah, it's, you can like, put her in the mechanic thing at the start, but like she looks she looks yeah, more out of place in like, that oh, than she, she does in this so designer butch. dress. It's like, like no, high femme. Yeah, no. It's like no, sorry. 
Um, so the the cover That's is so- that Alicia Vikander Schmidt and uh, fucking Army McCallum. Kuriakin, yeah. <laughs> they're going to be they're posing as a couple to go to Rome, right? So she's going to be like, right. "Oh, this like uncle Nazi. This is my new fiance who doesn't who isn't a spy. Like, tell us where my father is." Yeah, he's a Soviet architect who has yeah. been sent to Rome to study the architect. Meanwhile, Solo and- has been told, "Go and fuck Victoria somehow. Just make it happen." Yeah, <laughs> get in there. Go and go and like <laughs> put your dick in things. Mm-hmm. You know, have fun with it. Be yourself. Um, <laughs> go get and- a king. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> Uh, and we see that Elia has one thing that we carried over from the previous ones, which is back in back in the previous generation of Uncle when he was designing clothes for the dolls. You know, yeah. he's yeah, still got it. Nice. He's still like a, a bit of a fashionista. Yeah, he's still um, like fashion minded. I I like this again. Yeah, that's another reverse innocence thing. It's quite cute that they like yeah. disagree. They have this like f- little argument between them about women's fashion. It's just quite a fun. Yeah, it's like, oh, that Dior doesn't work with that belt. Yeah. Uh, and it's, it's, and it's fun. Like, it's, it's not supposed to. She's an architect's, like, fiancé. She's not meant to be super fashionable. It's meant to clash. And it's like, oh, that's quite good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and so we go to Rome. And I think this is the first point at which Hugh Grant stumbles across the screen shouting, I'm Mr. Waverly. I'm going to be Mr. Waverly. My name is Waverly, like, from the previous things. Get a little like cameo there. We also we get a nice little. I mean, another another movie might not have done this, but we get a nice scene where Gabby and Elia are strolling around room, posing as a couple. And uh, even though there's no need to, he bullshits her because she's like, "You're a Russian architect, all right? Tell me about the architecture. You've done your research." And he like bullshits her some story about how the steps they're walking on were designed, and she like obviously sees through it. And it's it's quite a cute moment, actually. Yeah. At which point. Arriving on a Vespa is yeah, Napoleon yeah, Solo yeah, to yeah, destroy yeah. this man's self-confidence. <laughs> yeah. Napoleon has adopted a policy here of following the guy around razzing him like from a Vespa, <laughs> a which is like, that's basically perfect, what he does like half the movie. <laughs> perfect like on board. I would have watched an hour and a half of just this. 100%. Just like turns yeah. up on a on a um, Vespa, owns you and goes and goes, did you know you're being followed? Mm-hmm. And uh, Anilia goes, yes. Uh, and Napoleon says, okay, well, they're going to try and rob you, but you can't defend yourself because you're supposed to be a Soviet architect, not a Soviet spy. Yeah, a they're trying to find out if you're a Soviet spy. And then we, we get a kind of a, like, a line that I think is out of character for Napoleon, where he just says, Take it like a pussy. Which, a- again, yeah, curiously right. suggestive, doesn't really fit with the suaveness. Um, doesn't gel. On the other hand, yeah. it's very funny that he's just trash talking him like that. You know, he's got a sort of gamer headset on. He's on the Vespa. He's <laughs> like, your, your mum's a fucking Scott slut. Scott is on the headphones. Femboy <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Henry Cavill gamer. Is no, no. No. It's no. <laughs> so good. In another life. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so so Elia so goes with uh, uh um with Gabby to go and get robbed mm-hmm. and he kind of holds it together. I like, like the scene. Uh, it's good. Yeah, it, it's it's like a classic in the genre of oh they're fucking with the wrong guy but he has to like, you know, not show them his his like power level, but they they like take his wristwatch. Uh and this is his father's wristwatch and this makes him hear the Russian music. And he like effortlessly punches one guy in the throat and like breaks his cover. Also, they um they take the fake engagement ring that he gave to mm-hmm. Alicia Vikander, and he's also upset about that. 
and they spit in mm-hmm. his face. And he does like effortlessly punch one of them in the face, but then like the other guy pulls a gun and he has to kind of control himself and leave it. I like this. It's like a yeah, tense... He has to like change his mind. Yeah. And it's like, you know, he doesn't really, he like sort of, and it's a bit inconsistent. But so they make off with all this stuff. Solo <laughs> arrives on the mm-hmm. moped. This is like, that, vroom, that went like vroom, shit, vroom, didn't vroom. it? <laughs> What's up, cunt? <laughs> ah, fuck. Really, this like, guy. funny to just own army. <laughs> it's a better implementation of like Bugs Bunny than Shoot 'em Up was. It's great. Um, <laughs> but Ilya gets a gets a fun line here, which is like, you know, I'm a, a, a Russian. A Russian architect would have beat them up. A Russian spy would have killed them. What do you want me to do? Um, He's like upset, but he's like he's sort of like Russian mode about his watch. Mm. At this point in the film, we need to be like, but does Napoleon get pussy though? So we kind of he do get pussy. This is kind of unnecessary um, mm-hmm. because the concierge he, he gets like hotel pussy. Yeah, <laughs> like Bond trying to, trying like to make Bond a reservation at the hotel pussy. They don't take British debit cards. It's really <laughs> annoying. Um, so uh, the concierge, who's obviously a ten out of ten smoke shop baddie, brings up some champagne, obviously. and Solo's just like, "It's a nice bottle of champagne. I'd be ashamed to drink it a lot." Um, and obviously, he gets he gets pussy. Um, Mm-hmm. And that later on, we see this woman's ass from behind in lingerie, and it's like I don't think they had that kind of lingerie in the 1960s. For one thing, no, um, and like all bullet bras and like giant slips and stuff. Yeah, but, so um, mm. a bit kind of gratuitous, nudging up the M yes, score. Yeah. Um, but meanwhile, no, it's, no, it's a desperately horny movie, and yeah. it's going to get hornier in the next scene, which is. Um, but I mm. think the next scene kind of does it well, which I quite like. This is yeah, a difficult scene yeah. to play. But the two actors yeah. in this do a good job, I think. Well, this, this is horny for character development, like... whereas the other one was mm. horny for character establishment. Just slightly different. Yeah. Ilya's trying to have like a nice, quiet game of chess. And you can tell that they're, they think they're being so clever with the fact that he's Russian, but he doesn't drink. He like refuses a glass of vodka like a bunch of times, because Alicia Vikander is trying to get turned. Uh, and she is also trying to get the, the uh, Kuryakin dick. And he is not interested. Yeah, um, it's interesting because, like, I think this is partly in the way it's played and partly in the way it's been written. Is that he turns down the drink, and we understand? Oh, he knows he can't get out of control. He's, he's like trying to fucking keep a lid on this, and it's like, oh, interesting. Yeah, and she's like provoking him. She's like, you know, like, oh, what, what if you had sex with me right now? Yeah, what if what I if, made you so angry we, we had she sex? Is- like. Every bottom who has ever like fucking tried to do this shit, and he he does get a little top in his voice. He gets a little like, "Don't you make me put you over my knee," which is an interesting line because I want to talk about this a bit because Army Hammer had put like, you over my knee. Don't you make knee. me put you over my knee? Uh, right. Army Hammer had kind of like positioned himself in this space where between like. This and like enthusiastically talking about auditioning for Fifty Shades of Grey, and the time he like accidentally reblogged a rope bondage tutorial. Like, I had friends who had massive, massive crushes on Army Hammer, and it was because he was trying to be like the BDSM hunk, right? At a time when that was becoming more acceptable. Um, and um, you know, like branding. part of yeah, and part of being the BDSM hunk was like the enthusiastic consent BDSM hunk, something which would then be, you know, thoroughly put the lie to, but it's something that is, like, bolstered in this scene by him, like, getting to, like, put Alicia Vikander to bed when she, like, falls down drunk, because he's like, 
He's good about consent. He's like a trustworthy hunk. He's like a big, nice dude who maybe wants to tie you up. And it's like, uh, there is this. Well, maybe not. This moment where they like play wrestle, and we get a shot, which is in a lot of films, but I think this one's particularly good. Where like she's on top of him, and they're like getting closer and closer. It's like, oh, are they going to kiss? Are they going to kiss? Um, and they handle it really, really well. And then she like is just about to kiss him, and then she like falls asleep over his shoulder. And we mm. see him go, God damn it. And then kind of pick her up. Um, and it's like, oh, it's, it's really, it's a really good example of that kind of scene. And I, I think credit to the actors involved there for selling it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And everything else ignored. Um, the trustworthy hunk is a great screen name. <laughs> That's true. I I had a sort of a brutal joke here, which you may have to cut, which is, yeah, it really does credit Army Hammer because he had to really go like out of himself and portray. Ooh, yeah, that's... we will be cutting that one. I would just bleep um, over, mm-hmm. just bleep over the punchline, like, and then audience, you <laughs> no, can like, imagine like, what like that joke was. Joke, yeah, yeah, yeah like joke. I'm just, I'm just doing this. I, I'll do, a, I'll do a sort of like a, a libelous joke. It's fine. Uh, but so the next morning, it's okay to do a room joke. Solo, solo, like kicks this woman out of bed and immediately starts finding tracking devices fucking everywhere. He's got one, like, in his alarm clock. Like, mm-hmm. it, in his... You expect him to, like, find one, like, under his foreskin and be like, what the fuck? God like, damn it. <laughs> yeah, he's pulling them out of and, everywhere, and then he, like... Yeah, yeah. ...goes to Ilya's room and is just like, these are Russian... Yeah, he, like, throws them at him, um, which, is, which is really funny. And then Elia, like, goes back in the room, brings all of the bugs that he has planted on Elia, and, like, throws them back at him. So it's a really fun gag. It's fun. Um, and, yeah, it, it's... We it's, get it's, this really petty moment as Solo's yes. walking away, he goes, that bow tie doesn't work with that suit. <laughs> And then they they land this joke because the next shot is Elia outside and you see he has changed his tie. It's so good. It's really really good, actually. It's just a catty little thing. It's beautiful. Um, We also get another nice moment where Alicia Vikander, because they're going to go to a big villain party, right, and see Uncle Mm -hmm. Nazi. Um, And uh, Elia has a new engagement ring for her. And she's like, it's this kind of sweet moment where, like, she says, but it was stolen last night. I wouldn't be wearing an engagement ring. It doesn't match our cover. And he goes, well, you know, your fiancé in the cover story loves you so much that he went out first thing and got you a new one. It's like, oh, oh sweet. So um, at this point, we go to Evil Party. Mm-hmm. And I think first we see Gabby and, and Kuryakin, and they meet with Uncle Nazi. And Uncle Nazi, predictably, cannot go five minutes without saying some Nazi shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like... <laughs> Oh man, eugenics. It's just love like him. that guy in the, fucking, in the fucking Roger Moore Bond film was just like, have you ever thought about breeding the superhuman? It's like, it's like an opener to Roger Moore. Um, so yeah, that's really funny. Yeah, he's like, he's like, he genuinely, his opening gambit is like, where some uh, like uncles or whatever would be like, you know, sort of like assembling a gun on the coffee table or whatever. He's like, ah, have you ever thought about like your inferior Slavic blood? And this, of course, sets off the Russian music. Yeah, yeah, because he's insulting his parents, which we know is a sensitive point. The the whole of like the in the whole of like both reels of come and see are playing on the inside of Elia's (laughs) eyelids at this point. He is uh, like Yeah, come and see. It's a uh, like Belarusian, well Soviet Belarusian war movie. Uh, like oh, C O M E. 
Oh my I genuinely, Jesus genuinely misunderstood. I, I thought it was a C U M and S E A. I was like, what? Yeah, like yeah, yeah. The, the Belarusian war movie about come, come and see. Yeah. Um, Sex on a submarine. Um, uh huh. So, um, and he excuses himself because he's like, oh, I have to go and be psychotic somewhere else now. Because one mm. major feature of psychotic episodes is you can exercise a great deal of control about where you have them. And you can just kind of go, I'm going to go and take this out on some Italian twinks. Which, yeah, I don't advise. Hey, first of all, um, I do want I do want to acknowledge though that this is, as far as I can tell, the first movie that I've ever seen where they go, "You're too huge to be your cover." Yeah, <laughs> because this like, is I, nice. I watched the fucking The Rock movie about him in a skyscraper, and he's just like an insurance guy, and it's just <laughs> unrealistic because my boy is wide as a fucking barn, and everyone he's across from in any scene isn't just going. Hey man, you're fucking massive. I don't know if you noticed this. Yeah, yeah. At one point, the, the Uncle Nazi even says to him, just like, you're an architect? You built like a power lifter. And he goes, Yeah, exactly. I it's like to jog. <laughs> it's so good. It's like, brother, yeah. you're huge, dog. I have it's made like you. Almost as like Schwarzenegger delivery mm-hmm. of, uh, like, I, I like to jog. Mm, nice so- guy, Sally. I like you. Um, yeah, so he, he goes into the bathroom. There's three Italian twinks in there just Italianing it up. Um, and, 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 you know, he fucking kills them. Like, sh- well, he, he beats the shit out of them off screen. He does the Casino Royale fight scene, the opening one, to these twinks. Um, and, you know, just to get it out of his system. Um, Meanwhile, Solo is sneaking into the party. We see that he bumps into yes. Hugh Grant on the way in. It's like, oh, I'm sorry. And Hugh Grant's like, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm in the film. Uh, yeah, Hugh, Hugh, Hugh Grant oh. like stumbles over and says, like, oh, I'm Alexander Waverley. I'm Hugh Grant. You know? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my name's Waverley. I'm in the film. And it's like, oh, okay, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. cool. I'm, I'm really entering my Silver Fox phase. You know, Devin's going to have some feelings about it. I'm holding off. No, you don't, you don't have to. We can get into this now. You're, 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 you're... <laughs> Turning, the, turning the big spotlight, Devonwards. Um, Me, Devon, just because I'm <laughs> unbelievably horny for Hugh Grant. That's that seems like an unfair <laughs> thing to do to me um, on the record. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, yeah, can't say some things. Yeah, talk about a guy who's into BDSM. I don't have to worry. I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> Are now back in, uh, having finished the Bible <laughs> portion of the podcast. <laughs> and at this hey, point, listen. at this point, Napoleon so, Solo, yeah. man after my own heart, meets a blonde woman named Victoria and uh, is very horny and does everything he can to impress her. She is a Nazi, and more than that, she looks like if Lady Gaga had like too much buckle fat. Around her. <laughs> she, like, I, I, I simply do not see it. Um, I mean, no, I, 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 she, she's, you know, a beautiful woman. Um, she looks like a film star. Um, but yeah, 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 anyway, um, I think it's the attitude. I'm not feeling the urge to rent. I'm simply not. I'm I mean, no, neither am I. Um, I, I, I think that... Um... Mm. <laughs> we have to bleep that. But uh, what, what we get, though, is he, 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 do, he do, like, Solo... Solo does a sort of, like, job interview, right? Where he, like, just steals a bunch of shit. Solo Solo steals a bunch of shit in front of Victoria and then like hands it back to her like nah I'm 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 a thief yeah, by the way you can tell by the way I stole shit. that shit. Uh, then- this is where the movie reveals it's like most annoying foible, which is yes, yes, showing yes. you shit Flashbacks. you've already seen like seconds Flashbacks. ago to be like actually something clever was happening here that you didn't catch. And I'm like 
fuck off, fuck off. Yeah, it's because you didn't it's, show it yeah, to me. It's, it's a visual yeah. medium. Show and tell. <laughs> You're you know? in charge of what I see, man. I don't, yeah. I don't know how to tell you this. <laughs> don't show me, tell me later. Like, what? <laughs> it's like, what? <laughs> the, the, the sort of the Guy Ritchie touches, the like flashbacks, the on-screen subtitles for foreign languages, not being able to hold a shot for more than three seconds. The, like they all weaken the movie far more than any of the like Guy Ritchie shit that he adds adds to it. And like the thing about Guy Ritchie, right, is that at some point in his career he may have to confront the fact that he is a guy who had one movie in him. And he made that movie twice. And it was good the first time. It was okay the second time, and then everything else has been a commercial. And it's edited like a commercial, it looks like a commercial. I don't know, I disagree. I think there are parts of this film Mm. where the Guy Ritchie-ness of it really works, and we'll get into this later. Later, Mm. in the very kind of final half hour. Um, But anyway, uh, so uh, Solo meets uh, Victoria... And she's immediately like horny because she likes. She's like, "Will you come over and fuck my pussy?" Like she basically says, "It's like a sub bond level entendre." She's like, "Uh, "Why don't you come over to my office tomorrow and we can talk about filling the gaps in my collection?" And by collection, I mean pussy. And by filling, I mean fucking with your penis. And he goes, "Ah, okay, sure." (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Which. Um, Meanwhile, uh, Alexander, who is uh, a fascist. And is Victoria's husband hits on yeah, the fail son. hits on Gabby, uh, hits on Gabby, mm-hmm. um, and obviously makes Elia mad, and then they leave. Yes, yes. Um, Elia figures out that Elia's got special camera film and figures out they've been standing near something yes. radioactive. He's like, right, they're definitely also, enriching uranium. Crucially, crucially, this is the point at which this movie is like, yo, Alicia Vikander, she got feet though, <laughs> like. Really? This whole no. scene, she's she, she's got two. Yeah, they're they're at the end of her legs, and she's like got them right up there. That's probably why I didn't uh, notice. Like, my eyes chair. are going the other way. Yeah, well, I mean, oh. it's a, a different strokes, right? But like, she she like fully unedited dialogue. Feet, expensive feet. Mm. Man, oh shit! Sorry. the The end of the previous scene is where we get a fucking sound clip. To end the scene, a little a little sting that caused me to have uh, the podcaster's equivalent of PTSD because it makes this noise. <laughs> Fuck off! <laughs> You're not fucking Bond. Not you can't your haircut end the goddamn Bond scene cunts. with the fucking like ooh Bond shit just happened noise, motherfucker. Mm. You think I wouldn't catch this? This <laughs> guy Richie's audition for Bond. Yeah. <laughs> so- so they look at the film, and uh, Anelia, who has just opened a perfectly good door into a dark room where the light is on, goes, yeah, okay, fuck it, boys' night. Yeah, I don't you know what me, the fuck gonna... he was doing there. Yeah, oh, we're no, going to break they, into- They don't like... tell each other, but then they, they go to break into oh, this right. factory, and then they, they find- It's quite cute. They both find out that the other one is breaking in, and they have a kind of like, well, I'm not going home. Like, I guess we're going to have to break in together dick measuring contest where Solo is like clipping through the wire fence with clippers and then Elia just like is using a laser. <laughs> it's an yeah, interesting like recurring it. bit in this that the Soviets always have better technology. But it's the Americans have better thought. skills is the vibe. So like, uh, yeah. so Elia's trying to pick a lock and Solo just like does it effortlessly. Um, and we see like the beginnings of them working together. It's nice, nice. Yeah, they, they give each other nicknames, uh, Peril and Cowboy yeah. respectively. Uh, also, at this point, uh, Kuryakin calls Solo a sukha, which I, I think they did not know how intense that is in Russian. What is it? It's yeah, very no. funny. <laughs> <laughs> Fully dropping like, like a wow. hard F slur. What the like, fuck? Really? Oh, okay. 
Yeah, I mean, close enough. I mean, it, it means bitch, but like in a context of like a prison bitch. But so, Paul's a Masluka. Finds a dude what? he thinks has his watch, like perfectly like slaps him unconscious on his feet, which is a fun bit. I like the fun. They, they like get to a... Yeah. yeah, it was fun. They get to a <laughs> vault... Um and Solo gets to do his like master safe cracker thing where he like opens the vault very smugly. Don't open that vault. Set off. Don't look into the vault. The, yeah, fuck me. Yeah, <laughs> this is where he got his fear of vaults. Wow. Uh, <laughs> that vault is like, ooh. Alice's yeah, husband really, is in there. <laughs> it becomes inseparable from the vault. Like there's just no way to draw a distinction. I, I like the way the camera's on the vault door, so when he opens it, it swings around to show Elia's reaction. I think that's nice. Yeah. It's fun. Um, it's, it's um, fun nice touches, and Elia goes, what about the alarm? And so he goes, this model doesn't have an alarm. And then it... Boop, boop, and it's like, <laughs> nice. Yeah. 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 So, so then, then we get sort of like... What is, I, I guess, sort of part gunfight, part chase, and there's a moment that both incapacitates <laughs> Devon and me. Man, oh my god. When I was watching this fucking movie, I watched this movie and I put in the group chat, hey, I need you to go to exactly 57.30 and let it play for a few seconds. Because um, there's, there's a freeze frame, and I don't know if it was intentional, but as, as Napoleon Solo is like running up the staircase... It's like a dark room, there's a gunshot, and that like muzzle flash lights the room up. But for some reason, it holds on that sh- like frame for like half a second, and it makes this like cartoon <laughs> bullet ricochet yeah, it goes, like, noise. Phew. It's so weird. I, I'm not doing a voice. It literally <laughs> sounds like me going like, pew! Like... <laughs> And it's just like all you see in the shot is the bullet hitting the wall and Solo's ass. Yeah, perfectly it's... in focus, just like from a dark room, like one white frame, just like <laughs> holding the whole. Thing. It's it's. I cannot express to you how funny this is. Genuinely, <laughs> like if you have a spare moment, please look at this. Will you, I'll see will if you tweet out the post frame? It. Maybe yeah, uh, if, if this is on YouTube, I'll be able to do it. I can't do it on Amazon because of their fucking. We um yeah we we get a black screen shit we. We get a boat chase, and Solo immediately goes overboard. Elia doesn't notice, he's doing like powerboat shit. And we get what I think the film intends to be like a big comedy scene, which is Solo like makes his way into a truck intending to just leave Elia to it. And he finds a, like a guy's lunch, and because this is Italy, it's got like a nice bottle of Chianti and like a beautiful sandwich, and he like sort of tucks the, the napkin into his collar and he's like really enjoying this. And then he sees like Elia's in trouble and like his boat has sunk. And he sort of like very reluctantly he like sacrifices his lunch that he's like really visibly enjoying. And it's fun, but it's like it's so pleased with itself too. It is, but in a way that's sort of like out of character. He like drives the truck over the pier onto the enemy boat and squashes them. It's nice though, because it is it's starting to show character development. Again, it's using action to show the development of the character that he's like, okay, I will give up this thing that I, and we also know that because we've seen it established that Napoleon Solo is a fancy bitch. Like he grates truffles mm-hmm. into his pasta. Like he likes the finer things. He loves his food. Um, and he's like, okay, I'm going to give this up to save Elia's life. And it's like, oh, that is actually quite nice. Like the writing for this is quite nicely done. It was, it was done by Guy Ritchie and also the guy who wrote like a lot of the other Harry Potter films after like Goblet of Fire. Mm. And it's like, oh, like kind of weird. This, this script like really, really works. I think. Hmm. 
guess the other thing is this is this is the origin of one of my favorite pieces of film criticism, which is Nathan Rabin's review of this uh, in in the AV Club, where he uh, says that this this film doesn't like this scene doesn't make sense to him because Henry Cavill looks like he only eats creatine. Yes, that's true. Um, I'm like, there's no way this man eats a sandwich. This man's never had no, a slice no. of bread in his goddamn life. A single carb. No, absolutely buy. not. Yeah, um, but so. What happens then is they have to rush back to the hotel because Victoria's suspicions are aroused, and she's like calling. It's not Solo, the only thing of Victoria's like, that's aroused in this scene. Yeah, her suspicions and oh, also her pussy. are aroused, oh. uh, and her pussy is aroused. So she's trying to call Solo to figure out if he's the one who like fuck fuck you broke into her <laughs> fucking vault. They gave me access um, to it again, baby. <laughs> And he makes it home at the last second to like play it off nonchalantly and have sex with her, which is fine. The movie kind of drags at this point. There's a little like little guy Ritchie bullshit touches. Like there's a lot of like soundtrack montages that like scream like uh, car commercial to me, and then she like yeah. silences the soundtrack and so on. Yeah, there's a lot of like little touches like that, and it it feels a little bit like mm, okay. I guess you kind of. This is a this is clever and it works, but I wonder if this is like you didn't or wouldn't get the coverage that would have made it stitch together like continuously. It's it's kind of mm. seems like a way of getting around that is you film a lot of very disparate things and then you kind of edit them together in a way that works. And like you've got a very good editor, so it does work. But I'm like, mm. It's yeah. not quite that. Alright, second she's also second wearing act of the second act structure. She's also wearing big um big like ball earrings and I wrote look out Napoleon she's got Potara and I, I just don't know if that's <laughs> funny or not but, <laughs> but I liked it I I, uh, sure <laughs> so so at this point we're, we're set up for <laughs> Alicia Vikander to be like almost naked again um, and she's like uh, I have to go you know you're, you're taking me to infiltrate this thing but the tracking device attached to my pussy is deactivated can yeah. you reach up onto my skirt she and like switch been, like, the big button next to my clit on like, no she walks know? into the scene and then steps up onto the table and it's like yeah, I need yeah, someone you know to why? touch my pussy now for the movie and I was like all right it's okay. like on her thigh and it has like a mother, big switch mother. on it and it's like you <laughs> turn it on yourself or, yeah, or better yet, like, yeah, like taking it off your thigh, giving it to him. He switches the switch, and then you put it back on your thigh. Mm-hmm. But instead, we have mm-hmm. to have this moment where, um, where like Elia is like reaching up her skirt, and they have like a moment of intimacy. They almost kiss. There's like a Connery level line here where she's I like, like "What? What are you doing down there?" And he's like, "Trying not to get lost." Because your pussy's like... so massive. What? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what? I think I might be in your uterus. Uterus. Interesting. Um, then Solo gets a much better line when Solo Curious. comes back in and he goes, "All turned on." Uh-huh. <laughs> I quite like. Uh, so Solo's going to go meet with Victoria. Uh, Gabby is going to go meet with her Nazi uncle again to try and find her dad, and like Ilya's going to follow her and like listen to the recording device in her pussy. Mm. Um, and at this point, we find out that she gets to the meeting. And she's she's been using sex to misdirect them. 2015 feminism. She like gets in the thing and she goes, uh, yeah, actually the guy is a KGB agent. Yeah, but we do it in this is like, where the guy Richie doesn't, doesn't work. Fucking, um, fucking like flashback shit where like she says, uh like what she says is cut out, and then we see Ilya running, and then we flash back to her saying it like 
two minutes after. Yeah, it's kind of It's weird. not even the worst defender of this, but it's really annoying. Yeah, it's it's um, unusual decision given that we immediately find out what's happening. So there was enough suspense already. Yeah. Like anyway. Um so, meanwhile, so, Solo is meeting yeah. with Victoria um and uh she's like on the phone and she's Victoria like, has activated femdom mode at this point. Mother Um she yeah, yeah. Sorry, she, I've got the mother drop. I need to stop hitting the mother no, drop. No, it's, it's, it's <laughs> he says fine. it in this scene. She, she's she, she's she, mother. She like, cool, cool, she like goes, pour yourself a drink. He drinks the drink, goes, ah, I see you've roofied me. I'm going to lie down on this couch now. And she like lies down next to slash <laughs> no, on top really of him. It's a really funny moment where he like puts a pillow under his mm. head and lies down on the couch. And she says, what are you doing? He says, I've been in this situation before. Last time I fell and I hit my head. <laughs> so I'm just going to lie down. Yeah, and and she 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 her reposted that is oh well, you know nothing's gonna save you from getting hurt this time which you know the diamonds um, but so, so she yeah yeah and then, and then her voice work wears off because he's getting drugged so he hears her go mommy says hello uh, pitch control always difficult I hear um, <laughs> yeah when mm. when when the when Victoria Neither. says mommy it's good shit um. Mm-hmm. So because he it's says he says no, she says good night Napoleon. He says nobody calls me Napoleon except my mother. And then he wakes up and she says, "Mummy says hello." Um, yeah, yeah, hello. You get a, a fun little moment, which is um, he's like, "How did you know I was going to drink the the whiskey?" And she's like, "Oh, I, I roofied every drink in this room. Mm-hmm. You were going to drink something, <laughs> big boy." What if he just said no thanks? Yeah, really, oh, no. really he needed like a sort of a, a like an outtake or something over the credits where she like you know sees him fall unconscious, dusts her hand, pours herself a drink by reflex, and knocks herself out too. Um, but so yeah, <laughs> so her fit in this, she she, she goes yeah, oh, phenomenal. She, the clothes in this, she, she goes, mommy says hello, and I turn the spray bottle on myself. Um, You'll find it's empty. I've already used it all. <laughs> Holding up the spray bottle and it's empty, like fucking Daniel Craig at the opening to Casino Royale, being like, yeah. "I know where you keep the spray bottle." Mm. <laughs> so, so Solo wakes up like, oh, what, "What is it now? Am I going to be fucking like handcuffed to a pipe? Uh, like fucking put in a steamer? What, what, the, what this time?" And and the answer is, "Nah, I'm just going to like remind you that I'm a Nazi, like attach you to an electric chair." And then bring in like this girl's uncle, who is, by the way, like a Nazi torturer. And he like explains that he's a Nazi torturer with a montage of Hitler. In case you didn't yeah. know who Hitler was, he says the fr- the words World War Two, and then it has a World War Two montage just to like catch <laughs> you up, I guess. And I'm like, now I know what World War Two is. <laughs> yeah, because you're a, you're sort of a scholar of history. Mm. A gentle them and right. scholar. Um, <laughs> so, I'm, I'm I'm a very uh, attentive watcher of these movies, so I actually happen to know a thing or two about World War Two. We 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 approach the big Alice note here, because he he shows he shows Solo his like torture scrapbook, and he's like, oh, this is where I've been torturing people. It's where I tortured people when I was a Nazi. Here's the blank page where I'm going to torture you. It's sort of like a disc, like a bargain basement marathon man, right? And then he says. Ah, but it's not going to be in like black and white like all of these other pictures because of the miracle of Kodachrome. Now, oh no, I didn't even pick this up. All right, go on, go on. Weimar and Nazi Germany, world pioneers of color film, Agfa Color Neu, introduced in 1936, discontinued in 1978 after this movie is set. If you look up 
Agfa color, you can see color film photos of 1930s Europe, which is the most fucking hauntological shit you can imagine. This meant to be a scientist, man. You'd like, you know, by domestic, you're a Nazi. Like you're going to fucking the Kodak, the Eastman Kodak Corporation <laughs> to be like, wow, these Americans who really knows their stuff about the color film. You didn't watch fucking Ufa? Like, what kind of Nazi are you? For fuck's Sadly, sake, Mr. Zola, this one will be in black and white again because Portra 800 is f fucking arm and a leg these days. <laughs> no, but it's like this is this is a movie. This is a mistake that like fucking Tarantino wouldn't have made because he's the kind of dipshit who at least likes movies, whereas Guy Ritchie is sort of like this uh, like overgrown hobbyist. 2023 uh, version is like, you see, Mr. Solo, I shall yassify you to preserve your anonymity. <laughs> yeah, so he, he straps him to the chair and he yassifies the fuck out of him. Um, uh, but like, the running gag is the little pedal that he's got for electrocuting him doesn't work very well. It keeps getting like a short in it. So every time he tries to like electrocute Solo, like sometimes it works and then sometimes it doesn't. He's like, oh, for fuck's sakes, this is very embarrassing. And so there's Hennig veins there. But Elia appears <laughs> and rescues him. Yeah. Um, and they, I, I quite like this because there's the, obviously like, they can't, they can't really show the heroes just like killing this guy, even though he is a Nazi and, and a torturer and he definitely deserves it. And obviously the, the thing that we want to see as the audience is we want to see his own creation turned against him, right? So they put him in the electric mm. chair and he, without being tortured, immediately gives up. He's just like, I will testify in court. I will tell you anything. I will like inform on anyone, anything mm, you mm. want to know. I'll tell you anything. And then like, so Elia and Solo, me, yeah, Elia and Solo <laughs> yeah. Uh, then kind of leave the room and they kind of like have this discussion. Like, what are we going to do with this guy? And so it's like, well, you know, if we do, if he does inform in court, they're going to let him out in six months. And I really don't want to see yes. that. Like, he even says he might end up getting paper clipped. Like he might end up working for the US. Like this guy's going to go free. Yeah. I'm not really sure what to do it's about amazing. this. And in the background, <laughs> the short has happened and like he's being electrocuted to death. <laughs> Just like it's by really chance, and it's like ah, okay, that is kind of quite funny. No, it's really good. I really like it. Actually, it's such a good way to get around the limitations of the, the heroes. I'm I'm surprised that they even did the like. Oh, the CIA would hire this guy, but it's it's cool that they did. Um, yeah, and baby. What, what happens is he like yeah he he like catches fire from being electrocuted too much, uh, and and so like they both turn to look, and they're not at all remorseful. And Solo really sells the sort of like damn. Left my coat in there. It's like <laughs> it's, it's, a it's good. good. Like it's actually really good. I like I like it a lot. Yeah. So, so I Gabby also appreciate like, seeing a, a guy about to be tortured, being like, "Hey, buddy, you don't need to do shit. I'm going to tell you everything <laughs> yeah. I know right now." Because like, <laughs> save that's me, me the baby. Pliers. Don't hurt yeah. me. I don't want to mm -hmm. get hurt. I'll say anything. Yeah. <laughs> people people <laughs> like to quote tweet people talking like about. Torture couldn't things get this in out their of life. Them. It's like you, you, you would not be able to get this out of me with torture. Eh, wrong. Yes, they would. I would say this shit without torture. <laughs> they, they would get shit out of me with torture. You, you wouldn't say. I like, would hate to be hurt. All the libel stuff we cut out, we'd say it under torture. That shit would yeah, suck. Yeah, absolutely. Are you kidding I'll fucking, me? I'll call shit in a I'll do anything, whatever, you know? All right, bleep that one. Yeah. Also, I just want to say, even when we just, were, even in the sections I'll where call, we libeled, that I'll was not what we bleep said. bleep a bleep. That's simply like, not what we said. Two very precise bleeps. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, yeah. When the, when, so listeners, just as a peek behind the curtain, we sometimes post the episode in the group chat before we publish it and be like, review it. I'm going to be reviewing this one very closely. <laughs> Fine-toothed yes, yes. fucking yeah. comb. Very I'll thoroughly. be going through this one. So, <laughs> so, so Gabby has like made friends with the Nazis because they think she's a Nazi because she's betrayed Ilya, who has like, escaped with, uh, with Solo at this point. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And she, they go to fucking Spectre Island in the middle of the Mediterranean. Yeah, this is so Bond! Um, a disputed island Dude. between Italy and Spain. Russia. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And at this point, she meets her dad. And a special feature at this point for German guy I love to see, because I end up watching a lot of German movies and German TV, so I just like have in my head a bunch of German character actors. Christian Berkel, um, from fucking like Downfall and a bunch of other shit. Like, uh, he's her dad. And it's like, great, fantastic. He's doing glorious bastards, actually. And also, we learn that Gabby's actually good. Yeah. Because she's like, she's don't worry, I'm here to help her. you dismantle the bomb, father. Like, we're, we're going to set this right. Um, mm-hmm. And at this point, we get the, we get the reveal. So uh, Solo and Elia both get a call from their respective M's. It's like, go and meet Hugh Grant. Um, and uh, they get in a helicopter. He's like, yo, I'm Mr. Waverly. I work for British Naval Intelligence. <clears throat> um... Yo, infiltrate the island. You're working for me now. So's Gabby. Infiltrate the island. Find the scientist. Find the computer disc, which we forgot about from Act One. Rescue Gabby. Um, and uh, also secretly, we see both Solo and Elia get a message from their boss, being like, "Retrieve the disc at all costs. Kill your partner if you have like to." In the, in, in the multiplayer of Splinter Cell. But like, yeah, I I enjoyed this. Hugh Grant does this all in a very sexy way, which is. Uh, I'm not sure if the script calls for that, but he does. You um, you try to get Hugh Grant to not act a scene coyly. He can't do it. He doesn't mm. know what to do at this point. He's in his Silver Fox era. I'm unbelievably horny for, for Hugh Grant. Oh, please go off. Just speak on. No, no, I, I don't need any more than that. Just, just fantastic. Just fantastic. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He also gets a great line with uh, with Elia, where Elia sort of like fluffs something obvious, and he's like. I think you have this, don't you? Yeah, I do. It's a special agent. Special agent, you're not having a very special day, are you? It's just nice. Oh, it's great. ETFO, you know, it's over. Um, it's, it's a nice but line, but it's a little bit too clearly for the trailer to me. Yeah, well, there's a few in this sort of like in this third act. Um, so th- he takes them to an aircraft carrier, at which point I go, oh, it's so cute. Britain thinks it's a military power. I know, right? Car- adorable. Oh, very modern you looking. Like, oh, you got a you got a special boat. That's so yeah, sweet. At this point, we kind um, of forget that we're in the sixties because a lot of the military tech and the like, the technology and the, what, the cars what start to look very mate? modern. Like, Fucking Spitfires! <laughs> yeah, come on, yeah. get a grip. <laughs> um, and it, we also see that he's got some marines with him, commanded by a guy inexplicably named Jockelson. Um, yeah, very like SBS no, name. No, <laughs> yeah, and and, and they're no like essentially opinions. the briefing here is do the last twenty minutes of like a Roger Moore Bond film. You know the mm. one where Roger Moore and a bunch of like Navy guys like shoot ever living fuck out of the volcano base. Uh, That's just right. do that. Do that. But the thing is, right? Two things happen. First of all, the way that this is filmed, guy Richie Annoying montage, as fuck. split screen. Bullshit! Why pick one shot when you can have fifty and they're all on screen well, at no. the same time? Eh, I, I disagree. Is my contention? I think it's good. <laughs> I think it wrong. reminds me of OSS on set, right? Like it's it's clearly like they're having no. fun with it more than anything else. No, I no, I like it because correct. this action, whether the Marines are infiltrating the island, it doesn't actually matter 
we don't care about this action because our main characters and the psychological conflict of the script are not involved. It's just a kind of like, we need I'm to get to the some, next like, thing. So we can have this very Don slick, Draper. That's bloodless what the montage. editor is for. Well, yeah, but like, you can't cut this out, right? So we need to have the kind of excitement, like, here we go, cool, turning up the excitement of the action. But we don't really need to like understand much of what's happening. Whereas the action that we get in the final confrontation is very like fucking visceral and it's very choreographed. And it's such a totally different style. I think this works. I think it's a good, smart decision. I don't think so. We're, also, we're quarry for it being good, by the way. Mm, thank, thank you. I don't care. Um, the, the other beast <laughs> yes, that I have do, is, is like, you up. yeah, I do. I know. I do. I sort of care so bad. <laughs> I also wrote over. down when they intercut one scene with another, I clap um, because they love to do <laughs> like, it. Like a and I see seal it, like, would do. Ooh, a cinema. <laughs> it's not the cinema. Small, small detail that only will bother me. Um, the, 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 the weapon handling. It's, it's, it's all modern. They move like Zero Dark Thirty. But like, if you go back and look at movies in the sixties, they didn't know what gun safety was. Fuck it. We saw Robert Vaughn pick up a pistol by every part of it, including the trigger, and pointed at himself for an entire scene. They didn't know or care about this shit. They were just running around. And like now, everybody's fucking like operator style. They've got like shit at the high ready or whatever, yeah. and like it looks weird. They should it be doing like stuff. wide legs, like leaning over one hand, like yeah, doing yeah, the yeah. dipshit posture, Point shooting, like shooting yeah. through the like legs, like, stances. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, back back in that day, they were still shooting by like f thrusting the gun forward yeah. in one hand. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, in the meantime, so, um, Gabby and her father have been found out by Victoria. Victoria kills her dad. And it's just like, you yeah. will not sabotage the bomb, actually, because we're going to take the bomb and you and get away. Better, right. better! Mm. Setting up a whole new chase scene. Yeah, pretty sure this buggy that Solo drives is not 60s. No. It's, it's I don't like even know what's cross. happening anymore at this point. Hey, it's it, very... It yeah, really reverse drags. cinema sins ding. Drags in the third act. Well done. Very accurate to uncle. <laughs> <laughs> starting to get quite annoying yeah. even yeah. so we get like a We're car chase done with it. Uh, Elliot <laughs> follows on a motorcycle yeah. um, it's Alexander is the guy who's driving it Victoria's husband who we haven't really known much about he's kind of a minor no. villain um, it's kind of a dipshit as well they get run off the road yeah. this is where we get the very visceral action we get like a fist fight in the rain and like Solo and Elia manage to you know, beat him another yeah, it's a really good ending for the, the movie kind of feet um, yeah, it it's is. a shame, but it isn't the ending uh, of the movie. They, they like recover the bomb, and then Hugh Grant goes, "Not so fast, dipshit. That's not the real." Sorry, bomb. guys, we got actually that's ten more minutes. We need to film. <laughs> uh, that's yeah. what I wrote down. Hugh Grant walks in and goes, "I'm sorry, guys. There's a bit more movie left." And they're yeah. like, "Oh fuck, <laughs> yeah, it's more movie." Everyone puts their head in their hands. So they recover the um, warhead, but it's the wrong one. It's not yeah, it's nuclear. Like coupled to it, but it's like, yeah, whatever, fine. They go back to the the aircraft carrier. I go, oh. Um, always very undignified to show a naval officer in shorts. Um, and we do the classic cop movie thing of we can trace the call, but you got to keep them talking. You got to keep them on the phone. Where Solo has to, like, in order to, like, fire the one non nuclear bomb at the nuclear bomb and kill Victoria, he's got to keep Victoria on the phone. And we get the ultimate line that's just put in for the fucking trailer. Um, how's that for entertainment? That's right before she blows up, by the way. Uh, it, it's like really smug and annoying. Also, the other thing, he does the ultimate Guy Ritchie flashback here, which is he shows us how they're going to do this. And then 30 seconds later, after having shown us 
how they're going to do that. Does the like, ah, this is this is how it's going to happen. And what really annoys me is he plays what I've come to think of as the Guy Ritchie thinks you're a moron flashback music that undergirds yeah, every oh, flashback. It's fucking annoying is what it is. It's, it's this. While you've been telling me how dangerous you are, we've been locking onto your radio signal. That, like any time you want to convey, oh, this this guy's outwitting you. Like anything, fucking hustle, leverage, any like scam shows. Like this guy's smart. You missed this because we didn't show it to you, aren't you, an imbecile? No, you didn't show it to me. Yeah, I'm watching the. I didn't miss it. I cannot stress enough that you're in charge of what I see. That's that's the whole deal. That's what I pay you for. Like it's literally the point of this. I as a visual it. It, it just You just showed me it, I put it together, and then you went, ah, oh, I bet you didn't put this together, did you, dipshit? And I was like, no, I fucking did. Why would you give me, if, if I had put this together, I would be some kind of, like, psychic genius. Yeah, there's absolutely no, they, they no way the, you put this shit together. They foreshadow the, like, coupler thing. The, like, they show the guy who took the coupler thing out of the thing, putting it into something, and we don't see what, like, how would that not... It's, uh, it's well... Yeah, whatever. Uh, listen, <laughs> give me this one, and I will like concede that the other one is like well shot or whatever. Oh, also, when when Victor, yeah, I'll give you this one. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, sure. When this Victoria gets blown up in this scene, she's wearing a Versace headscarf. Iconic. I love it. Like all her fits in this. Beautiful. Mm. Yeah, no, she's absolutely she's serving. Come yeah, like, start like, to finish. That's why. So at this point, so Solo has the little disc thing. Kuriakin doesn't. They go back to the hotel. And Kuriakin is told in no uncertain terms by his M, go and get it, otherwise you're just like your dipshit father. Uh, and he he like hears the Russian music, and he goes Kyle mode, and he smashes up his hotel room, because that's what you do when you're psychotic. Before um, this, though, uh, Gabby comes to him and says, okay, goodbye, uh, you're going back to Russia, mm -hmm. I'm obviously not going back to East Berlin, I'm a spy. Um, and uh, she gives him the engagement ring back, um, which we have established has a tracker in it. And he says, keep it. Mm. Um, and we get this moment of like, oh, they're about to kiss, but they get interrupted again. Um, and she leaves. And it's like, oh, they would have been nice. I just wanted to highlight the fact mm. that um, she leaves. This is her like, I'm leaving the movie now. Goodbye. Just wanted to like put a pin in that. Um, yeah, False endings. Correct. We love to do yeah. them. But so the, the thing is, a psychotic episode is when you get really angry, but you're also able to like stay composed looking. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. he, he like Which stays he composed looking. <laughs> no. <laughs> He like walks his, himself down to Solo's room, so like visibly fuming, but not like you know punching holes in drywall, right? Sees the disc, having and is like having a mental illness um, means that you just mm. like get a bit weird for a minute or two. That's true. It's like mm. it's just like I mean, if you're gonna put it in your movie, you should probably check what the symptoms are. Just like I don't know, step one, maybe look into that. That guy Richie doesn't give a shit, and the guy who wrote Harry Potter movies doesn't give a shit. Say what though, this um, scene is this scene is good. I like the tension here. Well, Elia comes in and it's like, oh, we're saying goodbye, like shaking hands, like we're friends. And Solo like realizes that Elia is probably here to like get the disc, and like Solo's like pretending I'm to pack his suitcase, they didn't but he's flash like, back to the phone call. He's like arranging his gun <laughs> and stuff. Uh, it's 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 really the tense actually, and then we, we drinking think Johnny Walker Black Label, yeah, which what? they make sure to point towards yeah. the camera like eight times, and I'm like, all right, we I get it. We think that Solo's about to pull Gross. out his gun and shoot Elia, but then he he pulls out his 
the watch that Solo found. He found his father's watch on a goon. Yeah. In order to set this up, they have to have a, a shot in the middle of the gunfight where he just sees it on a dude earlier and it's just like, neat. <laughs> like, I'll be having that, which is really funny. I'm surprised that we don't flash back to that at this point. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And flash back again to the, like, he took my father's watch yeah. thing. Um, <laughs> flash back to the beginning of the movie. Show it all again. I forgot who these people are. <laughs> don't maybe. you trust what um, I'm watching? Guy? Do you not believe that I'm watching the movie? <laughs> guy, guy makes movies for people who are, like, also on their phones. Hmm. Yeah, that's true. Um, but so. We don't see the compromise they come to, but we then come to them. Yeah, on the, which like, is really uh, annoying because I'm like, that is yes. the completion of the character arc. You can't not show that. <laughs> That's apotheosis. Like, <laughs> if that bit, there wasn't, the there wasn't to space. Back to they you needed guy, like, like the most important one. They, they, there wasn't space. They had to have the fifty different shots at once. Did you with lose Marines. that page of the script? Like, what happened? That's the most important <laughs> bit of the film. <laughs> Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. This made we me see so they're upset. Like, they're, they're drinking their Johnny Walker Black Label on the terrace. They have set the little cassette tape thing on fire, and Hugh Grant comes out and is like, ah, "I see you've kissed and made up." Cool. Also, Gabby um, is now back. Also, she's here again. Yeah, she's here. You know, she's she here. left the movie, because and it's kind of like, "Oh, that's a shame." It's really sad. Now she's just here. No lines in this scene. It's but she's time here. to do. It's time to do the sequel because. We, I, I've, I've been allowed to borrow you some more, and it's called Uncle. Where are we going next? And this actually, by the way, manages to include a, a fine Uncle tradition, which is ending on a Waverly non sequitur. Where if you, if you remember our classics of, oh, I suppose I'll be dead soon. This is kind of up there because it's both out of left field and also racist. <laughs> he goes, Ah, we're going to Istanbul next. You'll need your curly whirly shoes. What? <laughs> You'll need your curly whirly shoes. A good movie should leave you like with questions, right? The second it cuts to black, you should be in, in the cinema like thinking about the movie. And the main thing you want to be thinking is, what? Curly whirly shoes. That's, that's what you want to cultivate that? in an audience. Wear those in Istanbul, I <laughs> it's earnest but- and genuine confusion. <laughs> then the editor has to include a shot of the curly whirly shoes in the credits. Yeah. Just so that- yeah, oh, just to be like, what- by oh. the way, just to be clear. The, 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 one, the, the one thing I do like is that the final shot of the movie is the reverse shot to them. And like all three of them are like, oh, fuck, not again. Which I do like. Um, yeah, it's the same and, as the, the previous Man from Uncle movie, yeah. where they were like, sequel coming, ah. and everyone involved went, oh. And then they didn't uh, do the sequel. <laughs> here's the thing, right? I still really want a sequel to this, because we don't let movies suck ass anymore, right? Like, we don't! Okay, on a crit... On a critical level, like sure, everybody like everyone who can like write a review hates a Marvel movie, but they make like infinity trillion dollars, so that's the only kind of movie that gets made, right? We don't have the sort of like economic boom times of, you know, fucking twenty fifteen, if that's saying anything. Where studios would be like, no, this is gonna like lose a shitload of money. Fine, whatever. It takes you three movies to learn how to get good at making movies. Uh we'll just like eat the first two. And we'll just kind of like drive brand loyalty, whatever. The truest, like, the most honest sort of like studio system thing you could do with this would be recast Army Hammer's role, explain nothing about it, say nothing, and just make another one. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'd be really interested to see like why this film bombed because sometimes films bomb for reasons that are like nothing to do with the film. It's because oh, actually something Release else schedule. came out this 
that no. month or because like the, it got like fucked by the marketing department that's like a that's actually a really common thing for minority led films mm-hmm. is that the film will be really good but because it's minority led the marketing department will get like 5p to market it so no one goes to see it so i'd be really into or like because there was a fucking pandemic or like because it came out like the same as this so i'd be really interested to see a post-mortem I'm like well was mm. it the brand was it because the film wasn't good I mean, they really tried. They really tried to hype this up as a franchise in the movie itself. I don't know about the marketing. They they lost like they lost like eighty million dollars on this. That's a lot of money to lose. And it's like, is that because the film is bad, or like what happened? Worse, worse movies have been like more successful at starting franchises. Um, And I I think the thing is right that like there there isn't really diversity. It's difficult to see a like mid movie made on this budget anymore. Like in the sort of like. Hundred million dollar range because everyone wants sure things and everyone wants sequels uh, and so you can either go see like a a zero budget indie thing you can go watch like an Ulrich Seidel movie and learn, you know want to kill yourself or you can watch you know like <laughs> Avengers Ant Man Endgame and want to kill yourself um do, do, you know <laughs> I've, no, it's fine. I know I've just do, looked do not watch an Ulrich Seidel movie do Don't not do watch it. Sparta you will want to kill yourself yeah I, I just Don't went to really a little, you want to kill yourself just went to a movie inside us to find uh, the, the other movies that released in August 2015 um and obvi- obviously this thing was never going to bang because it was released at about the same time as Hitman <laughs> Agent 47 which obviously soaked up most <laughs> of the titans of the box <laughs> So I, I'm looking it up as well. Apparently, there was like almost no marketing for it. Um, there was no other good movies that came out at this point. Fantastic Four. The oh god, oh no. Grim, Grim. Yeah. Dragon Ball Z Resurrection oh, no. F. Come on, I mean, you know. Yeah. <sighs> was it was it because of Army Hammer? Had he been cancelled by then? No, no, no. Not for like uh, a while afterwards. He was only cancelled like. He filmed Death on the Nile. He filmed his parts in that. That you know, it took like two years, but like he was filming that in like 2020, and then got cancelled in like I think 2021. I mean, um, I yeah, like I got to be honest with you, man. I'm looking at this right now. Oh. There was no other movies. No, it was. It went up against Mission Impossible: Rogue Nation. Um, oh fuck me! Mm. Yeah, it came out in, in August in in like summer when everyone's outside. Tom Cruise and his fucking feet Yeah, you're right. This movie. End of July, Mr. Mission oh, Impossible. Oh, I love movies, piece of shit. Killed the man from UNCLE. I can't believe he no killed justice. the man from UNCLE. And apparently some people fucking are saying maybe they overestimated Henry Cavill's star power at the time, that now he's got a lot of star power, yes. but at the time people went to see Superman because it was Superman. And people kind of mistakenly... Smosh the movie. Sorry, I'm going to close this tab. I need to not look at this anymore. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> Henry, Henry, assuming you're listening... Right, Which you are. Just First of all, DM me regarding like, um, Warhammer. I'll yeah, talk for hours. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, it, it like, get Avi cast and everything, but also just fucking, like, have him make... I, I realise you have, like, less power to do this than I think you do. Just fucking have him make a sequel, please. Yeah. Like, it, we After need more middling shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll write yeah. it because we yeah, we, we need, this is a niche. This is a niche in the cinema that like sort of needs to exist. It's like a healthy part of the ecosystem. This sort of like bumbling taper like animal that like it's sort of it's fine. You don't feel bad after you've seen it. You, it's yeah. it's okay. Like like genuinely right now, 
we we are like those posts that are like i made an ai watch a thousand hours of x and now they've generated the script Mm -hmm. i've seen all the man from uncles within the last like two months they're all fucking right here i could spit Mm -hmm. a script out in like 10 minutes no problem oh yeah yeah i always feel bad for people when they they put a lot of effort and time into something like this and then it it doesn't do well for reasons that have nothing to do with that. It's like, it's about the marketing or the release schedule. It's like, because somebody in an office somewhere who doesn't understand art fucked up. And it's like, it's ah, so sad. It's a shame. It's, it's, it's frustrating, but it's sad too. Like, like it's sort of borderline hauntological to like watch a movie that's like, and here's the sequel hook sort of really optimistically and then just kind of like falls flat on its face. And it's like, no, I was rooting for you. We were all rooting for you. I wish you would have had a different director, but we were rooting for you, you know? I'm sure they'll try again Sad. at some point. I hope so. I really hope so. And I hope it doesn't take another, like, 15 years like it did with this one, you know? Or 25 years since uh, uh, the 15 years later affair. So the rights are out there, you know? They're, they're floating around. Uh, and I, I hope that, like, people can sort of, like, drive it forward. Because I, I, I'm not really done with The Man from Uncle, even though we are, you know? I, I would quite happily go back to it. Um, so I mean, that sort of leads me to to closing thoughts, both for this movie and also for this. Dare we call it a season of, of Kill James Bond? Yeah, this or is this it, series. Yeah, season two. Hey, season two completed. I I don't I don't imagine so. I think I think there's still more spy movies. I I think season three is when we we move genre to a oh, robbery season. Robbery season. So this this is like a little micro section. I st- I still want to do Mission Impossible at some point, even though that might be difficult because everyone's still working. I th- I think it's been good to do a season that started and essentially wrapped up in the sixties because it lets mm, us all talk yep. freely. Um, th- I have other ideas for seasons we can do, but like this, yeah, this has been an absolute treat. First of all, thank you, Abby, for for sharing these movies with me. Absolutely, and Uncle yeah, I was skeptical at first, and I shouldn't have been. I've been so I was so wrong, you know. Oh, I'm glad, guys. Yeah, I've really, I, I really was like, oh, this is like silly TV stuff. But I was, I was, I was completely. I have been Uncle Pilled comprehensively. They're so they're so close to Bond, like yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, they're just good. It's, just, it's a good time. And I, I really have a weakness for this kind of like retro sixties aesthetic stuff. I like it, and like you know, there's and there's not enough stuff that really like goes with it, even like. I played the fuck out of Deathloop, even though it was kind of like, yeah, hit or miss. Because again, it was you know, retro 60s and kind of middling uh, and kind of like in a middling budget niche. And I think that's, you know, that's just something that really, really appeals to I, me. I love but. the silliness of this series. And I also think that this mm. podcast, to get my content creator brain on, I think this podcast works really well when we do like uh, silly on one feed and serious on the other. Um, and like sometimes yeah, we yeah, yeah, like we swap sure. those rounds. So we've been doing a run of like, well, not including My Little Pony. We've been doing a run of like quite serious films on the bonus feed. What's we did serious? like Lives That's of Others. Film. It's about um, 9-11. Yeah, yeah we, yeah, we did like the Lives of Others and a bunch of other like quite heavy ones, like all about my mother and so on. So I, I, I like getting that contrast in. Um, yeah, I agree. What are we going to do next? Do we know? Um, I, not 100%. I, I would like to do Mission Impossible is, is the thing. I realize it might be, the thing is, Abby might be, you might be a bit hamstrung by that, but the thing is, I really want to talk about Tom Cruise and his fucking Thetans, and you can just kind of like remain tactically silent. I don't know. This is maybe an off mic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, It's it's difficult when people are like major 
producers. Uh, I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll simply Contrast bring us strategies back in are hard then. to put up mm-hmm. together. That's fair. That's fair. I'll simply say then that well, so we have a science-based system. Mm. We have a science-based system. We have a science-based you know, system. Does anyone else want? Yeah, we have a science-based system. Just flashing back to us saying it. We have, we have a science-based system. Science-based system. It's called the SCUM system. It stands for SMARM, cultural insensitivity, unprovoked violence, and misogyny. How smarmy is this movie? I, I count flashbacks for Smarm. And I, I count yeah, sort of lines that are in there for the trailer for Smarm. Off. Yeah, the you're right. Sucking a great off. deal. Hard. A great deal. Yeah. I, I, I mean, honestly, I think about flashing back to something you showed 30 seconds ago, and I think that takes it to a seven. I think I, I, think I agree. Yeah, okay. Yeah, fuck it, 100%. Cultural insensitivity. Cult- it, it, it kind of doesn't really have any cultural texture whatsoever. It's like Italians are either fascist or rude in bathrooms. Uh, Germans are Nazis. It's pretty fucking um, white. Pretty accurate. It is. Regarding <laughs> Italians and Germans. But... Yeah, yeah, sure. Are there any, are there any names, every... characters of colour who like get to do significant no, things? Or, like, I have don't even think or... there are any unnamed characters of colour. The, uh, is Art. The, uh, what about the the uh, concierge lady? I don't know. No, I guess I don't know. We're not sort of like exactly. this is a peril of cultural insensitivity. So we get into sort of like phrenology yeah. on uh, like are Italians white lines. this day? Let's consult like, what, the man what from Uncle What shape Tile. is your skull? Once again, are Italians white? Um, yeah, it's, it's one of those things where it's like this is set in the sixties in Europe, which was not a fantastic time. But also at the same time, if you uh, if you look at people, most people aren't white. Um, so a lack of else. anyone who is non-white in a movie also, is. I will point out that the man yeah, from Uncle you know series was, in yes, the sixties. Yes, I was about to was say this. But not was always. more diverse. Yeah, than this. occasionally better. That they had like black agents. Yeah, they yeah. had like on screen yeah, agents. And, and the, the, the guys from the the like foreign country who were portrayed as like having nuanced takes on colonialism. Like, and in a way, mm-hmm. that is kind yeah. of how like white supremacy is. Perpetuated is through whiteness being seen as the transparent default. So I'm inclined to give mm-hmm. it, you know, to to judge it quite harshly for, for that a reason. Sin of yeah. omission, as always, by yeah. omission yeah, is, because, is, is you know, baseline four. But by the 20 teens, we should really know better for this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is remarkable. That's 2015. Mm-hmm. I I mean, what what are we thinking here as a as a sort of baseline? I don't think I can go lower than a four. Yeah, yeah. Was um, about as always, four, omission yeah. is baseline four, the very least. All right. If it's not actively like maintaining. Uh, bad stereotypes. Yeah, it's, really. It's hard to should, go higher than that. But, um, but like, it's don't. it's it's bad, man. Unprovoked violence. Also, I mean, how how could I forget? Of course, you'll need your curly wordy shoes. Yes, of course. Just got to put it up to a five. Yeah. All right, let's <laughs> right. yeah, like, yeah, five. 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 It is. What? Unprovoked oh, violence. Um, I mean, like they accidentally kill Mr. Torture Man. Um, He's a Nazi. That's fine. Solo's about Solo's shown trying to like kill Elia um in in the first thing and it really like lingers on that one um and he he doesn't really like get confronted with it or anything it's just like part of his job well it so. is part of his arc that he you know he ends up saving his life and he goes from being quite cold and a loner to being you know mm. so the film in, in a way does kind of pass judgment on that given that it's something he moves away from I'm struggling yeah. to think of anything Again, I think only with yeah, that nothing's really coming to mind either. Like don't don't kill a guy if you end up being besties with him. It's like not a great lesson. Um, but yeah, I, I I think pretty low. Mm-hmm. It's like a one one or two two. Sure, yeah, yeah I can do two. Misogyny. Misogyny. 
Oh, it's high. Both in omission and commission. Um, it, it's sort of like very much trying to do the 60s misogyny, but again, you go back and look, the 60s stuff, often less misogynistic, insanely. Um, yeah. Every woman in this like only uh, like uses sex for deception or like for fun, admittedly. Uh, but like they don't really have that much sort of like depth beyond that. Mm-hmm. And I guess as well, it it kind of gets to me as an actress. I watch mm. films like this, and I'm like, you are only allowed to be in films like this as a woman yeah. if you are sexy. In a very specific way. So um, sure. I, I like to think I am on occasion a fairly attractive woman. Um, however, I am not sexy in the way that these women are sexy because I am like six foot one and broad shouldered and, you know, they don't make designer clothes that have like my body shape. Um, so it's like you have to be sexy in the very specific way that men like. Um, and that is sure. so like sort of yeah. 90 pounds, five foot three. Yeah, yeah being able to like put your feet on stuff kind of way. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's it, it's it's bad. It's real bad. It is, it and is. I don't I don't want to sort of like even take points off Are of it for like being any, like oh the women in this agency or whatever. No. Fuck no. Yeah, women only exist if they like they could have they could have fucking made Waverly a woman and it would have been as progressive as a James Bond movie made in 1997, yeah, yeah, you yeah. know? Yeah, that would have been a fucking reveal. If like we think Hugh mm-hmm. Grant is is Waverly, and then it turns out he's just like Mrs. Waverly's husband, and is just a normal dude, and Mrs. Waverly is the yeah. Again, I'm like 2015. We let should us know write better. This shit. Let us cook. Yeah, let us cook. We should let know better cook. by 2015. Really, mm-hmm. I'm inclined to. I'm in a bit of a nasty mood with this film now, so I'm inclined it's to fine, give it at least yeah. a five. I'd, I'd go six. You want to go for a six? All right. Yeah, it doesn't like show any like sexual assaults on screen or anything, mm-hmm. which is what we've typically given like sevens and eights True. for. But it's it's up there in terms of like sort of like casual disregard. Um, in that case, that gives it a total score of twenty, which isn't good, and definitely makes it, uh, I think, the worst of the Man from Uncle films. Um, yes, it does. I think that's fair. It does. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. In terms of politics, is, at least, I, mean, I did have fun watching it. But yeah, when you when you stop thinking about it, I'm like. Mm. I still, I still enjoyed it. I remembered it uh, sort of more fondly than I ended up feeling about it in hindsight. But yeah, yeah. I think this is one of those things though, where you, you gotta like give it a few movies to like get good, and it never got the chance to do that. Yeah, like, it, it it never found its feet properly. It never found its little no. niche. I think yeah, I, I think going got, like, forward, I am gonna I'm gonna be a little bit more harsh on films for the way they they depict kind of female sexiness. Because yeah. as especially like current day or like yeah. recent ones as too. as someone you know I'm starting to get to know my casting a little bit better and like the kind of roles that I'm going up for the kind of roles that I'm going up for and not getting as well I'm mean like oh okay like this is the mm-hmm. kind of woman that you have to be in the industry and it is still in some ways very limited mm-hmm. yeah yeah absolutely 100%. oh that's us for the man from Uncle yeah uh, we're we're done with it we will return with a new series once we figure out what that's going to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, we might have to like fill time and sort of in the meantime while yeah, you know, the we could do us, like a bit of um, like you know, attack each other physically, you know, bite each other's wrists, oh, things hey. of this nature backstage. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> when, does, when does this one come out? This one comes out on Wednesday the 29th, and it'll be a bonus on Wednesday the 5th, and the 12th is the day before we do our Austin Powers live shows. 
If we like, so two, vamp like, for one episode, yeah, we can just we could do release like a the Austins for next season. Is there like a like a, a one like yeah, a one shot like spy movie we could do? Thing. Yeah, yeah. I'll I'll find you like a one shot spy movie. You we know, could no, do no like problem. Professional or some shit. Yeah. All right. Well, in that case, um, it only remain only remains. It only remains for me to say. Well, in that, that case, it only remains for me to say. Oh, it only it's, remains for me to say the fucking we've got Patreon. Not bloody Patreon. I don't, I don't know. Flashing back I'm to show sorry. you the Patreon. Flashing back to the first episode. Hello and welcome to the very first episode of Kill James One. Um, yeah, we have a Patreon. Mm, you got a good. bonus episode. <laughs> wait, wait a second. Did did you just fucking? Mummy says hello. Stop it. Stop it. Stop. 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 <laughs> yes, cease. She cease does. Now. Cease. Goodbye. Uh, okay, fine. I command Goodbye. you to stop. Bonus just fine. Bye. Been spending a lot of time in bathrooms recently. Thank you for listening to yet another episode of Kill James Bond. Final uncle. Oh, what a tragedy. We leave it behind. With nothing but love in our hearts. We're probably going to vamp for one episode and then release the Austin Powers live shows as the, the next free series over the next couple of weeks. So uh, tune in in two weeks' time to find out what we decide to go with as our one-off free episode. But if two weeks is simply too long for you to wait, you can head on over to our Patreon, where we have another Q&A coming out next week. You have asked your cues, we have already aid them, and that is ready to be released. It's a good one, we have a nice chat, I think you're going to enjoy it a great deal. Um, and it's one that we can't ever unlock because we do too much industry chat. Uh, <laughs> you, you know the way of things and of course that can be found on our Patreon patreon.com slash killjamesbond and I would be remiss if I did not say thank you to our £15 and above patrons and those are Candy Fox Freya Aloysius Gustavo Lira Jack Holmes Mike Berg Hannah Oberhart Nick Boris Kentucky Fried Commie George Rohak Yarrick Nato Mori Cohen Enright Devon Secret Nemesis Drone Lover Labour Delenda S The Girl Named Cat Peter McDonald, Ozymandias, Library Hitman, Beef Crime, Max Gamenhart, Callan Burney, Jack Drummond, Jonathan Gerdes, Hell, Jay Martindale, Lysamesh. Have you considered that enough people have subscribed now that I um, am really struggling to maintain the sort of low-key vibe that I tried to cultivate with the jazz outro because now I need to read out 67 names. Jonathan Curtis Hell, Jay Martindale, Lysa Mace, Harrison Fuller, Tarp O, Mothman, Trip, Big Titty Goth Girl, Kit Divine, Isopod Gal, Clara, Alex, Violet Cyber, Katie Probes, Andrew95, Men's Room Louie, Liz and Ash, a trans robot, Wolfscott, Ronan, Connor's cool big sister, Annie, Ruby, Safira. Corvid Cultist, Johnny Del Camino, Alma Blue, Zoe Shepard, Army Hammer presents Cannibal Corpse. Nice, nice, nailed it. Spawn. Elizabeth Cox, Josie, Finn Ross, Roll History Pod, Quinn Valeri, Loz, Pycock, Alfredo, Artemis Potter and Elizabeth Ball, Al Irwin, Turfsy Shit and Die Alone, Wolfie, Millie, Robert Greensmith, Josh Simmons, and Lauren Aston. 
Kill James Bond is Alice, Abigail and Devon. Our producer is the wonderful Nate Thay and our podcast art is by Matty Lubchansky. I've done too many recordings and I'm now like sort of 48% drunk at 12.41 in uh, sort of about midday. So now I have to go on with my life. Um, So let's see how that works. Anyway, see you next time. Love you. Mwah.